0: Bismillahirrahmanirrahim nahmaduhu wa nasalli ala we express our praise and gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to God most high and we seek blessings upon the prophet may peace be upon him so <coughs> uh, in our last couple of sections we completed the study of the very first line bismillahir rahmanir rahim uh, a small point uh, for our purposes is that there's a difference of opinion whether or not Bismillah Rahim is actually part of the first surah. In terms of the history of opinions on it, it seems to break up 50-50. Some people say it is, some people say it isn't. Now, why would there be a difference of opinion? Because when the Prophet, peace be upon him, is reciting prayer out loud, that sometimes he is not reciting Bismillah Rahim out loud. Uh, but it is agreed upon that even if you are not reciting it out loud in prayer, for example, you are still reciting it silently before you begin the first surah, surah Al-Fatiha. Now, having said that, let's uh, let's go further into the surah, and and so let's do screen uh, share, and so hopefully you can all see this. So. So, we've done uh, the study, a brief study of Bismillah Rahman Rahim, which is commonly translated as In the Name of Allah. And then from there, uh, I translated it for our purposes as The Most in Rahmah, The Eternal in Rahmah. So, here, Ar Rahman should light up, but I guess it's not. Um, so, Ar Rahman is the Most in Rahma, or the Highest in Rahmah. Uh, Rahim is the eternal one, Rahmah. And we also made the point that when we find both of them placed together, commentators say that Rahman is general, that it is uh, given to everyone, Rahim is particular, and in that Allah Ta'ala has a unique relationship with everyone and an extra unique relationship with believers. And, and then some of this will manifest fully on the day of judgment and and beyond. Another point, another side point to consider is that at the time of the prophet peace be upon him, the people of Mecca, the non-believers of Mecca did not believe in ar-Rahman being one of the attributes of God, the most in mercy or this general mercy. And their argument was pretty simple, that the, how could, they, they could not see mercy on someone who was poor, who, who was ill, <laughs> who who was aged and such, you know, we, the Quraysh, the leaders of Mecca, we are wealthy, we are healthy, we are powerful, that they could understand, that God is giving mercy upon them, that Allah is giving mercy upon them. But they rejected the notion that Allah is giving mercy to, to, to everyone. Because from just a purely worldly perspective, they're saying that doesn't uh, make sense. And this also touches upon something for us to consider through the whole course is that our units of measurement for what is success and what is failure uh, are not only very cultural, but they're very worldly. So, for example, in our society, what's the primary unit of success? At one level, we might say it's how much money does someone have. Even more than that, we might say how much autonomy does someone have meaning how much self-determination do you have? So part of the American ideal is to be your own boss. No one can tell you what to do. And you even see that in those protesters And the heart of what they're saying is that nobody can tell us what to do. We're going to live our lives whatever way we want, even if we're going to put ourselves in danger. Good. And, and so, so that would be sort of the measurement of success in American society. But if you have a boss that you have to listen to you know, all day long, and that person has a boss, and that person has a boss, and that person has a boss, that's a very, very different. That would be considered to be not success in, in the general American imagination. But when we're speaking through the lens of belief, what's going to be the primary method of success, or the primary measurement of success? On the day of judgment, it's gonna be your success there. And otherwise, even larger than the day of judgment, if you can imagine that, meaning including this life where we're basically saying, how much am I in obedience to Allah over my obedience to everything else? That's essentially the measurement of success from a belief perspective. How much am I in obedience to Allah over my obedience to every, everything and everyone else? But not in a defiant way. Another issue with those protesters, and we see this in various types of militancy, is people confuse obedience with God or they confuse faith with defiance. Defiance is often not faith. Defiance is just, okay, I think you're uh, the authority and you're the power and I'm going to do whatever I want against you. Okay, that's, that's not faith. It's just might be clothed in the language of faith. But the point we're making here is that we have different measurements through which to, uh, to understand it. how does the world work. And so the Quraysh at the time of the prophet said, okay, no, we don't buy this. We don't see mercy of God you know, in poverty. We don't see mercy of God in illness, in weakness and all those things. And we'll be revisiting this, this, this point as we go through. But getting into now the very next ayah, we have uh, two major parts here, Alhamdulillah, And Rabbil Alameen. So let's bring up the whiteboard. Okay. So... We'll talk about this first. And this has two parts. One is alhamd. and then li-Allah. So first word to learn for today is hamd. Hamd has two parts to it. Uh, you want the Arabic? Yeah, sure, I'll do the Arabic. So one is thana and shukar. So one aspect of the humd of Allah, when we're saying humd, is that we're expressing praise to Allah. And the other aspect is that we're expressing gratitude to Allah, okay? And so li is literally just two, and then Allah. So so here's a semi-simple question. Uh, First now, let's get to the first basics. Uh, I think we all understand why we would be grateful to, to someone uh, why would we praise someone? So, not talking about a lot at the moment. Let's say you're talking about a child. Why would you praise a child? And feel free to either type in the chat box or turn off your microphone or turn to off your microphone. Okay, to acknowledge them for what? For anything good that they did. Uh-huh. so the key thing, the key aspect is that we're acknowledging and expressing appreciation for something good that they did. Yeah, absolutely. And then how would that be different from gratitude? Again, anybody? Appreciating, gratitude is appreciating. it. Well, gratitude means like they're appreciating uh, something that they didn't have to do. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna modify both your points slightly because both your points are correct. When we're praising someone, we're expressing appreciation for something someone did. When we're expressing gratitude, we're expressing appreciation for what they did for us. Uh, If they didn't have to do it, then we might be even more grateful, right? If they had to do it, maybe we'd have to bring ourselves to be grateful. But the key difference here is one aspect is something wonderful that someone's done. And the other aspect is something that's wonderful that someone has done for us. And so Hamd includes both of these together. And then the word Muhammad, the name Muhammad has the same root word in it. So Hamd is ha ma And that's uh, the one on whom is Hamd. So we might say the praised one. Okay. And so, so here, <clears throat> when we're saying alhamdulillah, hamd is due to Allah. Okay, now we're getting to some easy questions. Why do we give hamd to Allah? And some of this is going to seem ultra basic, but as you're going to see as we go through, we're going to get deeper and deeper. Anybody? Again, either through the microphone or through the chat box. Why do we give Hamd to Allah? So the primary reason is, is, as Omar is mentioning, is just because he is Allah. So why is Hamd due to Allah? The actual number one reason is because he is Allah. Even if he did nothing, all praise and gratitude are due to him, just because he is Allah. And then from there, because of creation, so appreciation of creation of all the worlds, and then by extension, all the other attributes, as well as sustaining everything and beyond. And then to bring it closer to home because of what he does and has done for me. Me being you. And then those around us and such. But the primary reason is all praise and gratitude are due to him just because he is Allah. And so think of uh, the other day, I don't remember if it was yesterday, I think it was the day before, where we said, the most sacred utterance, the best thing that my tongue can even say is the name Allah. Okay. So part of this whole experience of belief is trying to appreciate, as well as we can in our capacity, the greatness of God. And then everything that goes corresponding to that, which is that I have No existence or value except what Allah Ta'ala dictates for me. Okay. Again, simple point, simple uh, uh, straightforward question. And so (laughs) let's talk about the second part. He's the rub of all the worlds. And I'm gonna give you a full definition. of of these two words. So rub, those of you who have taken this class before, the offer is still open. Those of you who have not, uh, I'm going to give you a full definition of the word rub. And I want you to try to fully encapsulate that into two or one words. And if you can, I'll give you money for it. I don't forget what I offered people before. I'll give you 20 bucks for it, if you can. And that's been an open offer for 10 years. Nobody's been able to. So So Rab in common Arabic, modern Arabic especially is translated as Lord. I'm gonna give you a full, essentially etymological uh, definition. The one who takes you from immaturity to maturity according to your unique design. Okay, something from immaturity to maturity according to its unique design. Okay, so some common uh, versions of this would be cherisher, sustainer, you find this in the Abdu'l-Yusuf Ali translation. I tend to like the word nourisher, but it still doesn't even come close to capturing all this. Cultivator is another good one. And so what are a few things we can take from from this meaning? Uh, One is that in the same way we said yesterday that Allah has a unique relationship with every person, a unique relationship with all each element of creation, he is also taking each element of creation through its full life cycle from start to finish according to each person's design, if we're talking about people. If we're speaking at the galactic level, he's taking every galaxy from start to finish, according to the design of that particular galaxy. If we're speaking of subatomic particles, he's taking every quark, for example, through its whole life cycle, whatever that means, according to the design of each quark or whatever is smaller, or at that point, we start getting into the realm of of energy rather than matter. So once again, and, in, 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 you know, for those of you who, who, who are Muslim, who are raised Muslim, but even beyond, uh, this is in some ways still somewhat religious common sense that Allah Ta'ala is controlling not just everything, but every single aspect of everything. And so, as I said, the common modern translation is Lord, like the Lord of the house. Uh, The one that I often use is nourisher or I just don't translate. Now, alamin is often translated as all the worlds. And again, in our modern context, when we think of all the worlds, we're thinking of all the different planets and galaxies and everything. Uh, In terms of, of commentary, all the worlds includes or can include a number of things uh the different what we would call dimensions so in context here would be the dimensions of angels of jinns of humans uh the realms of knowledge or all of these right he is the one who also takes everything in every realm of knowledge From start to finish according to the design of each realm. And so I'm really really emphasizing this point to really get us to try to comprehend that even in the room that you're sitting in right now if you were to identify somehow every single element in the room that you're in he is taking each bit through its life cycle. So I'm in a room with some wooden chairs he's he's taking each tree to the chair to whatever that becomes later you know to their full life cycle, and of course, me, and of course, each and every one of you. So again, for the most part, this is is pretty simple and straightforward, but let's have a simple, fun question. If we translate all the worlds as all the different galaxies, here's a simple question. No one has a right or wrong answer, or maybe you do. Uh, uh, Do you believe that there is life on other planets, intelligent life on other planets? What do you all think? For those those of you I had who not so is, I had a question. If there is intelligent life, right, would they be Muslim or not be Muslim? Because like there's only one Kaaba, right? So okay. <laughs> So what do you all think? If there is intelligent life on other planets, would they be Muslim or not muslim So Mahin is open to it. Okay, Mahin, you gotta you gotta take a, a better stance. Eve says yes, Asna says yes, Fatima says yes, Sumaya says yes, Simone yes. Jads, uh Suhaila, Hanin, Hania. Okay. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Mirza, of course. Mustafa, possible. No, you got to give us a better uh, concrete uh, You have to commit. Okay. Uh, Sylvester says, every created be- being is Muslim. Omar Hadruz, Sheikh Omar says, says why not? Yusuf Qademi, probably. <laughs> Allah all knows best. Uh, you got to give us a better answer than Allah knows so, best. So That's the why I say no is because, like, isn't one of our beliefs, like, you have to go to the Kaaba or, like, you know, do a pilgrimage of the Kaaba. So, like, Okay. How would they- <laughs> okay. So let's make it more fun, uh, and while people are still giving answers, a whole lot of people say yes. This is so fascinating. Okay, is the question if they exist, or are they most first question is do they exist? Does intelligent life exist on other planets? Anybody want to say no? Oh, nobody wants to say no. You picked a bad time because they just released the UFO video. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so so to make this even more fun, if you had a Quran or Quran translation in front of you, go to go to Surah Twenty One, Surah Al Anbiya, and I believe it's aya One Hundred and Seven. Yeah. Okay. So Fatma says maybe some. Okay, fine. So, Ayah 107, this is, this is an ayah that's very, very often quoted. Yeah. And for sake of time, we'll, we'll just stick to the English, but look at the English. And we have not sent you, well, it's the Arabic, and we have not sent you, speaking of the Prophet, peace be upon him, except as a rahmah to all the world, same world. So, Sunnah, to your question, we're saying that if, if there's intelligent life on other planets, we're also saying that the prophet, peace be upon him, is their prophet as well. How can that happen? Any examples from the life of the prophet, peace be upon him, that might help us make sense of how this is possible? Uh, when, he went, when he went into the heaven, when he ascended to the heaven? Yeah, yeah so, so he went on the night journey. And so, so he definitely... Transcended physical space and time. Absolutely. And of course, what is, you know, every undergrad's third or fourth or first favorite topic in Islam? You know, the three M's and the J for those of you who are not familiar with it. M number one, uh, Zabiha meet, M number two, med school, M number three, marriage, and the J is Jinns, right? So we also believe in jinns that are not bound by physical space and time. So jinns could be on other planets as well. Sana, what do you think? Um, I guess I don't know. I've also heard that there's like, I don't know, different different uh, the seers have said I don't know which one, but like I've heard that there's also eighty thousand universes. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Could be, could be. And we're saying the Prophet peace be upon him is the Prophet for all of them, that he is a rahma. He is an embodiment of rahma for it all. Which that for me is the more fun part to think about. I mean, what I like to think is that it's equally interesting if there's no life on other planets, like the entire universe, or multiple universes. If there's no other life on other planets, that I think is amazing. I think it's also amazing if suppose there's only life on like three other planets, you know, or suppose there was life on another planet a billion years ago, all those things are are fun. Or maybe there's life on many, 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 many uh, other planets. So you're just so saying if jinns can go to other planets and a jinn communicator can ask a jinn to go to a different universe and tell us what's happening there. That sounds like what the, in Surah Al-Jinn, Surah 72, what the jinns are saying. You know, one jinn is saying to others, you gotta, I'm paraphrasing, of course, you gotta listen to what I have just heard. And he's talking about the Quran, this amazing, wondrous text, this amazing, wondrous recitation. In any case, it's 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 a uh, uh, I think it's fun to think about. and of course, with with the footage released of of some unidentified flying objects, who knows what we might find out really soon. <laughs> imagine imagine if like uh, the end of the quarantine was was was, you know, you know orchestrated by aliens. All right, earthlings, you can't handle this. We're just gonna take care of this for you. We've been watching you for about thirty five million years and you just can't do it. anyways, <clears throat> so so back to where we were. Uh, uh, so as mentioned, through the course of the course, I'm, go- I'm going to be giving you some homework assignments, some of which are mandatory. I mean, I'd really like you to do them, and some of which are optional. We've already done the gratitude assignment, right? That was yesterday. I think we gave that assignment, uh, optional assignment. <laughs> so we have a number of narrations where the Prophet peace be upon him, is being asked, all right, tell me what I need to do and cut to the chase. There's one often recited narration <clears throat> where a companion is saying, all right, just give it to me. I'm paraphrasing, give it to me straight. Just tell me everything I need to know. And uh, to avoid hell, to go straight to heaven. And the prophet peace upon him is saying, you asked a wonderful question. And the first round of answers he gives to this question is worship none but Allah. And then he says, and you don't have to write all this down. Then he says to, to, to make the five pillars. And then he says to to give charity. And then he says to to make the prayers in the middle of the night, the Hajjud. And then he says, shall I tell you what is the key to all of these? And he says, control your tongue. Good. So one thing uh, I'd like you to try to do in replacement of bad language. So this is an optional assignment, but highly recommended. And obviously I'm not going to be testing uh, you on, on these assignments is to replace bad language with praise of God. And it can be done with praise of Allah. So, an easy one is when something good happens, say, Alhamdulillah. Anything good? Good news? Alhamdulillah. If you hear, if you uh, are speaking about one of your own accomplishments or someone else's accomplishments or something good that happens to someone, say mashallah. This will also be a small prevention against things like the evil eye and other types of jealousy upon good to someone, anyone. So a good thing happens to you. You get an A in a class, or you know, you you get a raise. Anything, big or small, follow it up with Masha Allah. Okay, Subhanallah. Although it's essentially one word, um, and say this when you have surprising news. Not necessarily positive. This one is more relevant for, and I'll give you the meanings for each of these in just a moment. Not necessarily positive. Okay. So suppose we say, all right, (laughs) the quarantine is going to be extended another two months. Subhanallah. Okay. This is especially an important one because that's when the bad language usually comes out. Okay. Next one is for really bad news. <laughs> Bad news, horrible news. So instead of saying, F this. So we're doing multiple things. One is to steer our tongue away from the habit of saying nasty words. Because the point we'll be making throughout this course is anytime you do anything nasty, uh, inappropriate haram, etc. You're putting darkness on your heart, which is then going to obscure your morality. And then you're doing a double benefit by replacing it with praise of God, which is going to increase the light on your heart. This is easier said than done to do this change, but it can be done. So, uh, and then of course, when you lose something or when you're struggling, inna lillahi wa inna raji'un. And I'll give you the, the meanings of each, of each of these in a moment. In fact, uh, Simone Astaghfirullah is also a good one that I'm gonna put on this list. So struggle includes loss. And sorry for putting it up here. Anything bad. But can also be good as well. Okay. So let me give you the meanings of each of these. So Alhamdulillah, you all know by now. And so that is praise and gratitude are due to Allah sort of like saying, thank God, alhamdulillah. I suspect that if it were somehow possible to to list out the most repeated words in the entire world, you know, alhamdulillah would probably be at or near the top, uh, as high as uh, the word hello. That's my suspicion because of how common it is in people's tongues, you know, other things like, like oh, hala, uh, other things like that would also be very, very uh, high up there. Okay, mashaAllah literally is is uh, God has willed it. Okay. So anytime you hear about any good uh, happening to someone, say mashallah. This is all as even to yourself, and one reason is to also cure, minimize things like jealousy, envy. Okay. Subhanallah, literally, I mean, commonly it's translated as glory to Allah. It's basically saying, as high as something can be, God is higher than that. Subhanallah. La wa la illa billah is, you've heard something that is so horrendous. You're basically saying, la there is no power nor strength except with God, no power nor strength, except with God. And it's funny because in a lot of, a lot of Muslim subcultures, uh, people actually think this is a swear because that's the only time they hear it from their parents. Inna lillahi wa inna This is something we're going to be revisiting. Literally, it means indeed we are from Allah and indeed, to him is the return. Indeed, we are from Allah, and indeed to him is the return. Astaghfirullah is literally, I seek forgiveness from God. I seek forgiveness from Allah. This is a short list, we could add a a couple more. Now, how do you transform your tongue? If you just start from this point forward, saying all these things, uh, you're you're gonna fail miserably. There's, uh, there's this old TV show, Seinfeld, some of you have heard of. Some of you don't even know what a television is because you're young. And anyway, so, so the point here is that there's this whole episode about religion in Seinfeld where to, to cope with life, people just start saying serenity now, serenity now, serenity now. And then they discover it doesn't work. It actually made them more, more crazy because it was, it was building up pressure. So the goal is, my suggestion is to pick one of these and try to make that your habit. The easiest one is probably alhamdulillah. If not that, then mashallah. Those are probably the easiest ones. And just make it part of your your normal statements of things. And once you make that into a habit, it'll start getting easier to to say the next ones. But what is part of the goal? Part of the goal is to transform our tongues from things that darken our hearts because it's so easy to ruin yourself with your tongue to things that are brightening our hearts. So we have frightening narrations about people who did all kinds of good. And then on the day of judgment, they face God and they're empty because they canceled it all out because of their tongue. And so one thing we're not gonna be talking as much about, uh, things like gossip and slander, it's not as much in this course, there's a couple of that we will visit it. Uh, Gossip and slander are some things that wipe away a good someone does. And gossip and slander, again, uh, my undergrads have heard this from me many times. If you cannot control your tongue, you can't control anything. Because your tongue is the easiest thing to control. It's easier to control your tongue than it is your eyes. You know, like when you're at Iftar and and you're just looking at the food, you can't stop looking at the food. Uh, It's easier to control your tongue than, than it is your eyes. So I'm suggesting note down this list and start with one. And over a long period of time, try to transform your tongue's usage. Okay. All right. Having said that, any questions for today? Simple lessons. So we talked about Alhamdulillah. And then what does that mean? And then uh, from there, we talked about Rabbil Alameen. What was that word? Uh, Sana, Sana? Oh, sana, sana, which literally just means praise. Yeah. I'll try to write it more clearly. So, your classmates, Sana, same word. So you'll see my, my method over the course of this course is as some of you already know my style is very, very unorthodox, but the content is actually very orthodox. Is some of it will be readjusting our understanding of vocabulary terms. And, and some of it is also then doing the same in terms of how we understand the Quran. So a point I kept emphasizing yesterday is that much of the Quran is focused on your thinking. How do you perceive Allah? How do you perceive yourself? How do you perceive the world? I don't know what Mustafa is doing right now on the the screen. He's probably working on his oral posture, but any other questions about anything at all? Santiago, go for it. Uh, can, Can you repeat the meaning of Muhammad? Oh, so Muhammad literally be the one on whom is hummed. So the one on whom would be praise and gratitude. So the simplest version, just the way the same way alhamdulillah often the simplest translation is praise be to god or thanks be to god is often praised one okay so but i I felt like it sounds it sounds weird to me to praise muhammad Mm -hmm. well i mean does it sound weird to praise uh a child for getting a good report card Well, I guess not, but if we're talking about godly things. Mm -hmm. So this is an important subtle uh, distinction you've brought to our attention. Alhamd gives it the definitive article. So we're saying the official praise and gratitude are due to God. That is to God. Now, if I am praising Muhammad anyway... That's still a praise of God because God created Muhammad. That God created uh, Muhammad to peace be upon him. So yeah. all praise eventually extends back to God anyway. Makes sense? Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Any other questions? But anything at all? All righty. Oh, is there uh, anything we could, uh, 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 on, let me pull this further. So, uh, okay, so, so Hela is asking, is there anything we could replace by using Inshallah? Inshallah, I don't know what we would replace it with, um, except it is a good idea anytime you're talking about anything in the future, especially something that you hope for. To say Inshallah. Right, to keep that on your tongue. In fact, inshallah might be just as easy to add to your tongue as alhamdulillah. Okay. You know, this quarantine will end inshallah. This quarantine will end in soon, soon inshallah that, uh, that we will avoid getting sick inshallah. Okay. I actually think it's good that you brought this up. I do think that inshallah is probably going to be part of the English language, common American English uh, discourse, both in America, I should say, uh, and England especially, probably within the next 20 years because it fits very easily into, into the English tongue. Uh, what does SubhanAllah mean? So SubhanAllah, uh, Asana's question is often translated as glory to Allah. And if we get deeper into it, it's we're saying if there's a high point to anything, Allah, that's where Allah would be or higher. But very commonly it will be translated as glory to Allah. If you're appreciating that Allah is greater above all. Um, any other questions? Otherwise we can stop right here inshallah and, see, inshallah, and then we can continue. Uh, oh, tomorrow there's no class. Uh, tomorrow I actually have meeting uh, a pre-scheduled meeting at three o'clock and another meeting scheduled at four o'clock inshallah. We will reconvene on Thursday inshallah. Um, so, apologize for that in case any of you happen to be getting excited. But, uh, so, we will reconvene then. But still, you all have my contact info if you have any other questions that, that you'd like to discuss. We will end here. Subhanakallahumma, glory to you, O Allah. bihamdika, praise and gratitude are to you. Nash ilaha illa anta, We bear witness there is no God but you. Nastafiruka, we seek your forgiveness one or two and we turn to you subhanak bihamdika nashadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilaik lake. allahumma bihamdika nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilaik right may Allah let her you all inshallah and we will continue on Thursday wa akhiru dauna wal thank you